Welcome to episode two of Diary of a Cabinet Maker. If you haven't yet heard episode one, then I recommend you listen to that one first to catch up on the story so far. You have heard it? Great! Then let's continue. Life continued apace, and in July 1905, at the age of 20, I married my wife Rachel, and then in 1906 I became a naturalised citizen of Great Britain. The documentation shows that the name Davis was used at this time, however I couldn't find any further documentary evidence of this, as all ongoing electoral registers continue to show Posimensky as the surname. It's a mystery that continues. Anyway, I digress. One day, passing through Kingsland Road, we saw that the old police station was to be let or sold. So I said, let us write and ask what rent they want for it. The family laughed at me and said that we didn't have the cash it would cost. But I begged Alec to write to the Commissioner of Police to ask the rent and the reply came back that it was open to offer. So I said, let's offer any rent. We couldn't afford to make it into a workshop anyway. So we sent in the ridiculous offer of £120 a year. And after some months went by and we heard nothing, we forgot about it altogether. After more time had passed, a letter came accepting our offer. We were all stunned with surprise. We couldn't get involved in such an undertaking. So we wrote back and said that to break up the cells and convert it to a workshop would cost a lot of money and we couldn't do it. So the police wrote back and told us to get an estimate and let them know the cost and they would pay for it. So we signed the agreement and took it. Later, the London County Council demanded that we install fireproof ceilings on the first floor amongst other changes which we simply couldn't afford. So I said, what can they do to us? All they can do is cancel the lease. We wrote to the police about it, they came down and we told them the position. In a few weeks we got an answer to go ahead with the work and send them the bill. We moved into our new home around 1910 and here we remained. And that is the short story of the miracle of Kingsland Road that happened to us and the one above looked down on us and looked after us As the old saying goes, we were like unto the young fools who stepped in where angels fear to tread. The reason I mentioned Kingsland Road is that I was always sorry that I missed my chance of making an easier living by becoming a minister. The hard work began when Kingsland Road was settled, but Sundays were my canvassing days for the JNF and I had plenty of rebuffs. One Sunday I called on a Mr Levine, I had already called on him several times to try to get a donation and he refused me each time. But I worried him each time and at last he said, No wonder you have a police station in Kingsland Road. I think he meant that I was taking the money for myself. As it happened, I belonged to the Bethnal Green Talmud Torah and he was on the committee and the Reverend J. Goldbloom was the headmaster so I told him about it. He asked me to attend the next committee meeting and the Reverend Goldblum said to him how dare you say such things to Mr Davis and he made Mr Levine apologise to me for the insult and pay a donation to the JNF. 
On another day, a man went up to my father and said, I would never believe that your son should canvass for Zionism. I always took him for a religious young man. How can he do such a thing? So when I heard of it, I went to this man and I said to him, How can you, a Cohen, talk like this? All our prayers are for a return to Zion and Jerusalem. And he was dumb and said nothing. Sadly, my father passed away in January 1914 at the age of 58 and never realised his dream of visiting or living in Palestine. I became more driven to succeed in my pursuit of the Holy Land. I went to all the Zionist meetings and I met the great Jewish leaders of those days. I was at the historic meeting that was held by Dr Herzl in the Queen's Hall, at the back of what is now Broadcasting House, and also at the Royal Albert Hall in Kensington. When Balfour returned from a visit to Palestine, I remember hearing him say, We opened the door of Palestine to you. You must work hard to keep it open, and it will not be easy. There were many of the great men of our race at that meeting, a great crowd and a lot of excitement. Then a meeting at the Great Assembly Hall in the Mile End Road, when Israel Zangwill spoke, and Professor Brodetsky was in the chair, and others of great fame, and many other smaller meetings, such as the King's Hall in Commercial Road. In 1918, I was sent to Manchester as a delegate to the Mizrahi Conference, where we had a very good reception on the Sabbath in the Great Synagogue, and on the Sunday, the conference started in full swing. Now I have an answer to the four questions why I was always a keen Zionist. One, that my father worked very hard for Cyprus and gave up a third of his meagre wages in the hope that one day he would be able to enter the Holy Land. Two, I had always prayed morning and evening for Zion and Jerusalem and never done anything to help. That is not praying right. Work and prayer is the right way. Three, the prophecies in the book of Daniel. Two things have already been fulfilled, the Balfour Declaration and the establishment of the State of Israel, and I am convinced that the rest will be fulfilled. And four, I can see a great future for the Jewish race in Israel, and I hope my children will have a hand in it. Next time on Diary of a Cabinet Maker, Michael begins his first trip to Palestine and endures the journey with a rather unfriendly companion. You can read the transcript for this episode on the accompanying website. The details are in the show notes. Please don't forget to subscribe where you normally listen to your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. Thank you very much for listening. (music) 